So um, I met him through that Latino website. It's called Chispa. Um, and actually, I've never heard of it until I saw an article on People Magazine in Espanol um, right around the whole shutdown. And I was talking about people being home and lonely. Um, and Chispa was actually one of the um, online dating sites that um, she highlighted. And so I was curious, and so I, I joined because it was free to make a profile and kind of, you know, view view guys. Um, so I thought that was pretty good, and I liked that it had two simple features, so you could see their roots, so their ethnicity, where they're from, and education. And I'm all about those two, um, so I figured, why not, and it's free. Um, and within the first night of joining, I got um, a like, which was from Juan. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, and so then, you know, you get likes, but because I refused to pay membership, um, you can't see your likes. And so I decided that I would just wait until I was messaged and you only get messaged if you match with them. So only if you like them and they like you. And so of course he messaged first. Um, and so I replied the next morning and right away, you know, we talk about what, what do you do and X, Y, and Z. Um, and so I found we had the same educational background, which was unique because I hardly meet people with my same background. And then of course, in the next few days, I got um, more likes and a few other messages. Um, and so the other two individuals um, just had a very basic conversation, which was a little boring to me. Um, but I still tried it out. Um, and they were both out of state. So I knew off the bat that that wouldn't go well with me. And so I just kind of discontinued. Um, and I like that the app lets you, uh, once you delete a message, it deletes the entire thread and then you no longer match with them. So I like that piece of it. Um, and after that, it took uh, a few weeks before we decided to actually meet in person. Um, but because by this time we had discussed how um, serious COVID was and how uh, caution and taking every precaution was important to me, he was really um, kind and um, considerate. And so he, we talked about different things that I'd feel comfortable with. And long story short, we decided to meet um, in a drive-thru like a fast food drive through uh, somewhere in between both of our addresses. Um, and we agreed that we would stay in our cars, um, trying to keep the six feet social distancing rule. Um, and so of course there was no kind of touching. It was just basically you eat and you chat. Um, and so we basically did that for several hours. So the first day I actually thought would be really awkward because of course, these times are not normal times. Um, so I wondered um, what we would talk about. And so um, after we positioned our cars, you know, um, side to side, so we were, you know, kind of closer, but not that close. Um, so we had, you know, of course, eye contact, right? And so we were able to talk and hear each other really well. Um, and maybe because we were from the same education slash profession background, conversation actually was really easy to sustain uh, for several consecutive hours. And so how many hours? Honestly, I think it was about seven, seven hours, um, which was really interesting. Like it just went by really quickly. But again, because conversation really flowed well. Um, and so we talked about 
almost everything, uh, which was really nice because that means that we can uh, sustain conversation that long. Um, and that being our first day, I thought it went pretty well. I think it ended one because it was late, and the next day would be Monday, and two, like physically, it is like physically exhausting to sit in your car that many hours. Like your legs get stiff, your neck kind of hurts, you know, from turning and and whatnot. Um, and to the voice, um, like that gets tiring too. And so then at that point, we kind of were like, okay, it's time to go home. Um, and kind of just went from there, um, which was still pretty good. Like I, I thought it went well. Um, and then after that, it was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sure how the second date would go. Um, but the second time we agreed again, still being during the COVID. And uh, I think we moved from like phase three to four or whatever phase we're in. So we agreed this time to meet in person for lunch, but outside. And so um, I'm very cautious. And so he by this time knew. So I made sure to have my hand sanitizer uh, ready. I also had like chewable vitamin C, um, which I shared with him uh, before we ate, I believe, or after one or the other. And he being um, good with, you know, respecting boundaries and the whole COVID and safety, um, he actually sat one chair apart from me, which made me feel better. Um, and so we ate that, that way and we chatted and we stayed again for a few hours because it was really nice out. And so then we agreed that we would go to a nearby park. And then again, we sat in a bench, but with distance. So my purse was in between of us and we kind of didn't like look straight ahead each other. It was more like we looked straight ahead while still having a conversation uh, for several hours again. So that was kind of nice too. And so that kept us safe because we were at a park, uh, but not nearby people. So no one was around us and we didn't have to wear our mask which was really good because walking through the streets like we both did wear masks and that was like a little annoying for me because it was kind of warm outside um so that was like our second day like i think the following week which i thought went well uh i so i had been on a dating site years prior um and this time around for sure i think regardless of what's going on with whomever you're talking to um health and just general safety and precautions are like number one priority um so during our conversations you know i i was like kind of trying to pick up like okay how many people are you spending time with is anyone around you sick um and how am i doing the people around me how are they doing I don't want to get anyone sick and I don't want to be sick. So I definitely um, uh, have to prepare a lot. So like my mask, my vitamin C, my hand sanitizer, my wet wipes. I mean, all that has to be well planned and prepared, not just for me, but for him just to be on the safe side. Um, And to find out he also kind of does the same a little. I think he mentioned that he had an extra mask if I needed one on our second date, which I thought was pretty pretty polite and kind and so I feel like we're on the same page with that but at the end of the day the physical part like even hugging or holding hands has not happened Um, and I think I'm okay with that because again you can't see germs you can't see COVID Um, and so I definitely don't want to be sick while trying to continue to get to know someone so I think COVID is very pronounced and very real and our conversations flow 
really well i can tell we're really open and honest with each other but for some reason we haven't discussed the part about being physical like there hasn't been like hey how do you feel about you know holding hands or x y and z that hasn't happened yet um and i we haven't seen each other again yet so i'm not sure how that would go um i'll definitely think about it if it if and when it happens like after the fact like okay do i have to worry about symptoms do i have to get tested that that piece is you know lingering in my head um but we'll see it hasn't happened but for sure you definitely don't want to have like a negative experience after that which i think is completely new like the the word or term safe and safety during this type of uh season and dating you know getting to know someone is very very you know unknown dating during covid really uh pushes you towards like the mere basics so you know actual conversation about genuine topics and interests you know and i think this time we're at an at an advantage because you can definitely get to know a person for who they are like you really have to talk to each other because there's not much you can do um and even when we're exploring like dates or where to go like we're so so limited like there's not much you can do but basically sit somewhere um in a car and talk talk on the phone or text messaging that's really all you have because there's so much to consider if you meet in person and even if you do meet in person the the activities you can do right now without having so much uh fear or negative um consequences are so so limited um so i think that's one really good thing that you can practice your conversation conversation style and also to try and gauge and see if the other person is even worth your time uh, as far as meeting in person and spending real quality time with with them because this is such a new time and season um i don't know i i think i of course would want a more pronounced friendship uh first and foremost and then of course Um I think everyone who's on a dating site I think for the most part does want like a more like a serious relationship more of a an a serious adult relationship for right now so I think that would be the end goal. Uh I I'm only going to say for me like for me right now no just because I'm enjoying this this part of the getting to know him phase like I enjoy you know having different types of conversations without having to be physical because being physical um adds in like a different level of connection and so i rather have a more solid um emotional connection before the physical plays a part no i think because i'm such a private person this isn't something that i openly share with family just because it's so new uh for me myself so i'm choosing to keep it to myself um so if if and when we get to that point and they start asking where and how we met i'm going to be completely open and honest and say that we met online if they ask more details i'll share but i honestly think it's a very unique story um to, given the season that we're in so i am actually pretty excited um to share that piece of it our world is so different nowadays um and too um i have more i had more time and still have time um so i think it actually works out in that sense like as far as like having time cuz we're so confined 
to our homes, you know. Um, so I think it definitely has been different, but I think it's been overall healthy um, and unique, um, but very uh, rewarding in comparison to other past online dating experiences. Welcome to Nerdy Latinas Podcast. This is Sabrita speaking, and we're here with my co-host, Short Latina. Hi, everyone. Because of quarantine and social distancing, a lot of us haven't been on a real date in a long time. On our episode today, we're going to be talking with two guests about their online dating experiences during COVID. So let's get nerdy. Last year, over 30 million people were online dating in the U.S. alone. According to Fast Company, the world's biggest dating brands have reprioritized their roadmaps to bring to format the forefront and roll out new in-app video calling features. Video chat wasn't a priority before the pandemic, when we only had 6% of users who expressed interest in this feature. Due to the lack of other options, that interest has spiked to 69%. And so today I would like to welcome our guests, Chelly and Cynthia. Chelly, tell us who you are. Hi everyone. Uh, well, as Sabritas uh, introduced me, my name is Chelly. I am a proud Latina from the Northern suburbs, way, way, way Northern of Chicago. I Currently I work for a nonprofit in Chicago and I do immigrant advocacy work. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chelly. Cynthia, tell us who you are. Hi, I'm Cynthia. Um, I'm also a proud Latina and I was born and raised in Chicago my entire life. Um, and I am currently a teacher uh, working in Chicago Public Awesome. Thank you too so much for joining us today. We love to cheese mad with you and we're happy to have you here. How, is, how has uh, quarantine been treating you lovely ladies? It's been it's been interesting time, um, definitely. It's been nice because I've been able to work from home. So that's been nice because I don't have a commute anymore. Yeah, for real. And traffic is back to normal. So thank goodness we get to stay in our homes and work remotely. How about you, Cynthia? I can't I can't even yeah. imagine where you, <laughs> what you're going to start with especially with related to school. Oh my gosh. Yes, it was so rough actually for me, uh especially at the beginning transitioning to like teaching online. I taught kindergarten last year, so imagine having 29 5-year-olds on on a Zoom chat. <laughs> that was rough. So other than that, I, I would say it started off feeling nice being at home, but after a while, it, it's getting kind of old. No, I, def- I definitely feel that. It was, it was at, be- at the beginning, it was nice when we thought it was only temporary, but um, now that this seems like the new way of life, it's not so much fun. <laughs> definitely. So... Let's jump into it. We are here to talk about online dating during COVID. So tell us a little bit about the topic and what it means to you. So I don't have too much experience actually going out to meet someone uh, through an online dating service. 
Um, I actually, my first online date was with my now boyfriend. That happened in December. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, and I mean, I feel like I lucked out. Like, <laughs> that was my first one. And I mean, we've been together ever since. <laughs> and how about you, Chelly? Yeah, I think, well, this topic is very important. Um, I think, in, especially in today's age, because unless you're actively, you know, going to new places or uh, meeting new people, then you're not going to, I feel like your chances of meeting someone are very slim. So I, for one, I don't lead a very <laughs> exciting life. I just go to work and then go home, right? So I don't, I wasn't actively putting myself in spaces where I could meet potential partners. Um, but, you know, online dating has made it more accessible. And I think that it's important to destigmatize it uh, so that more people join. I don't know. It's just, yeah, a bigger pool of people, you know. Well, it's just the new way of dating, you know. And I feel like for a long time I was against it because I wanted to meet someone in a more organic way. But I feel like it's changed now. You know, especially with this pandemic, like how else are you going to meet someone? Especially with the hookup culture, which I doesn't even exist. Like, I feel like you have to do a whole screening before, like, have you been to gatherings of more than 50 people? Do you have COVID? Do you have any COVID symptoms? These would be the first things that would like come to my mind if I was talking to someone. Do your parents know that you're online dating? No, no. I um I did not communicate that or share that with my parents at all. Um and when I met my boyfriend, I actually told them that I met him through a friend uh at the very beginning. Um because I just know that if I had told them I would have been waiting for a lecture like you're gonna get killed, you're gonna get murdered, you're meeting a stranger, like what are you thinking? Um, so I kept that information from them, but I actually did recently tell my mom the truth <laughs> of how I met my boyfriend. She, she was a little shocked. She was like, I knew you, I, I didn't understand what you meant when you said you met him through a friend. And, um, she was like, well, I guess, you know, that's just the way that people are meeting nowadays. And. She took it a lot better than I thought she was gonna take it. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're different times, and um, it's 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 something new. I feel like even for our generation to to accept, and so for even older yeah. generations, I feel like it can be uh, a lot more difficult too. How about you, Chelly? Yeah, so along the same lines as Cynthia. Um, in my family, you know, you, they watch a lot of La Rosa de Guadalupe. And I don't know if y'all remember Casos de la Vida Real. But, you oh, know, yeah. for a long yes. time, we've been um, showing, you know, episodes of where, like, online dating has gone wrong. And, you know, and for a long time, my mom would always tell me, oh, man, we can never do that, right? Promise me you're never going to put yourself in danger. Um, so I definitely didn't tell her when I, when I started online dating because I was afraid of the judgment but once things did get a little serious with one of the people that I was speaking with I did tell her because I was going to meet this person and I'm like what if something happens <laughs> I just needed her to know where I was going um, but she was surprisingly very supportive 
uh, she, she was kind of like Cynthia's mom and agree that, you know, maybe this is a new way of dating. It's a different time, um, which really shocked me because she's very uh, traditional in her ways of thinking. Only my mom, though. My dad doesn't, he's not really involved in my dating life. Doesn't and, know that's, and that's what I was going to ask. I I don't, what is the take on the dad? What does the dad say? Nothing. <laughs> I don't, like, it's kind of like a thing where you, we don't talk about that. We don't. It's more of a mom to daughter. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I feel like oftentimes fathers don't really want. Well, uh, actually, I feel like, I mean, you can have both ends of the pole, right? Where a really overprotective father who wants to meet, you know, the boyfriend or who whoever has interest in their daughter right away. And then you have the dads that kind of just don't want to know that whatever, you know, whatever comes to be, comes to be. It's my daughter's decision, right? Tell us something interesting uh, that you think the, the listeners might in- enjoy to hear. Oh, man. Um, Do we have any stories? Uh, so I, I feel like it, it's just been very interesting because I, I started online dating maybe three years ago. Which apps do you use? Uh, back then, I only used Tinder. But this time around, I used... Um, Tinder, Hinge, and OkCupid. But back in <laughs> back three years ago, I actually was catfished. Um, so I was talking to this guy on Tinder, and I, like the protocol, I guess, with uh, online dating is you you message for a little bit, and then you switch to a different social media platform. So that can be Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, but at that time, I was using Snapchat. So this guy, he just kept asking me to send him a picture uh but i was very confused because i mean like i had like five pictures on my profile i'm like what else do you want you know mm-hmm. and i'm like that's just weird and he's like oh it's okay what he's like fine don't send me a picture but then he'd bring it up every so often so then in order to like encourage me i think to send him a picture he started sending me pictures of himself but they were very sketchy because it'd be like half of his face <laughs> like you couldn't even see his whole face when that was happening were those like red flags going off oh most definitely because I'm like why are you only showing me half of your face and then I called him out and so then he finally sends me a full face shot and girl let me tell you he did not look like the guy <laughs> like on his profile it was not the same guy I like even had my roommate compare the picture. She's like, nope, that's definitely not the same guy. And you know what was weird about it? It's I wish, you know, younger Chelly was very naive. And I think I care too much about hurting people's feelings that I didn't call him out. I made a whole thing, a whole story um, in order to stop talking to him. I told him, hey, you know, I just got out of a rough breakup. I don't want to, and I don't feel like talking to anyone new at this time. And he's like, we can just be friends. And, you know, I wish I would have told him, like, screw you. Like, how dare you think I would trust you, right, after you lied to me? Um, But no, I just, just made up a whole lie. But thankfully, I no longer have any contact with this individual. But it did, you know, discourage me to continue. Um, so I kind of stopped online dating after that incident. I have a follow-up question. So after that experience with that, with that guy, how did that make you, your selection process change? Um, well, 
I, <laughs> I think that just really discouraged me. I, I think I deleted it after that. But then when I started online dating again, I remembered what had happened in the past. So I made sure to not be afraid to call out people if I thought they were not being themselves or, you know, had any red flags. Like I started challenging these men um, on these apps and kind of the way that it started again is that it was my social experiment. So someone came at me like, hey, love, hey, beautiful. I would ask them and, and challenge and ask like, is that okay to to greet someone in that way, you know, to introduce yourself? I'm like, do women like that? So I definitely approach people, I don't know, I guess in a more, I feel more empowered, you know, like I'm willing to call people out on their shit now. Yeah, yeah. holding them accountable. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. How about you, Cynthia? Do you have any any interesting stories to share? I don't know if I have a juicy story, but I definitely, I think getting catfish was like one of my biggest fears, especially because like I was so tentative especially because I was so tentative to even meet somebody in person. So whenever I would match with someone, I would definitely like make sure to do like a very thorough, detailed, like research of their bio. Like I'm like, do these pictures look like they make sense? Does this look like the same person in every picture? And I would make sure that they like would write like, you know, detailed bios, like make them seem more like a real person and have social media to back up their um, profile. I was just very afraid of being catfish. You know, Chelly and I are best friends, so all her stories, I would take those and I'd be like, take those as lessons. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh no, I don't want to go through that. Alrighty, let's take a break. I'm a gay man, um, I'm 23 years old. I'm from the Midwest, so um, I say all of this to just get an idea of the lack of sexual education I had growing up. Um, I grew up in Chicago, um, two-parent household, excuse me, I came out when I was 15. Um, my parents are, I would, I would identify my parents as sexually liberated, um, meaning that sex was openly talked about in the household. Um, my, my, my parents were swingers growing up, um, so I had like a, I honestly, think that they definitely did play a role in my comfort around my sexuality, even though they themselves weren't necessarily well-versed in gay men's um, sexuality. And so pre-COVID, um, I was kind of a young, unattended gay dude on um, apps. Um, and I would predominantly use these apps for hookups, dates, things like that. And it was the usual, you know, racialized um, statements in rural places and the cities I had access to more Latino and black guys. And so um, meeting people like that, um, yeah, so it was kind of just like the the stuff that you'd normally hear about, I think. You know, there's Grindr, there's Jacked, and there's Adam for Adam, I'll say. And so let's say, for example, we went to college together. We went to a university um, in Granville, Ohio, um, which is super rural outside of Columbus. Um, and so particularly there, um, Grindr would be a lot of, of the guys on, on the campus, you know, some of the more out um, individuals and then some of the closeted athletes, things like that. And then you'd have um, some of the people who live in the town. So it'd be like married gay men or, you know, in the closet men. Um, and that experience was kind of just very tokenizing I, from my memory. You know, a lot of like 
um, DL guys hitting you up on a drunk Saturday night to come to their dorm, you know, after maybe like two years, you're right? As a freshman, being like super vocal like I was, like I was not getting hit up by DL guys. DL meaning down low, um, in the closet, coming off as straight or hetero in their day-to-day lives. Um, and so it was a lot of, so it was, it was, I had a really hard time establishing, um, connections like I wanted. Um, and that's not all due to this, the apps and the men I was searching, but it's also my own perceptions, right? Because like I said, I grew up using these apps from like 17, 18. Um, I met the person I lost my virginity to on these apps, um, to establish or to understand how love was meant to be like executed. Right. So I, I figured that, you know, I was going to fall in love with some straight guy and, you know, um, he was going to realize that he was gay and I was going to realize he's going to realize how ideal I am for him. We run off into the the hillsides happily ever after. Um, and it did not work like that. Um, it was a lot (laughs) of embarrassing sex. It was a lot of shameful sex. It was a lot of, um, a lot of confusion, you know, and it's still kind of confusing, right? Because some could say that they were experimenting with their sexuality. Others could say I was, um, a site of exploration for their sexuality, um, you know, meaning that someone's always going to get the short end of the stick, no pun intended. Um, and ultimately, it became, um, it actually turned out, I guess, like, so Grinder would be specifically where those kind of interactions were. Um, and then Jacked was the app where mostly you see the Latino, Black men, men of color on. And so that was an app that, like, rarely I'd get someone from Columbus who'd be like, hey, I want to come out and see you. And they'd come out and see me, and it would be the best experience ever because we'd have cultural similarities, and we'd smoke and talk, and they'd hang out in my dorm for hours, all to never see them again because, you know, distance and just... I'm 18, 19 years old having sex with, like, you know, 28, 30, 40, sometimes-year-old men um, who, in my opinion... We're using the apps for the way that they're being used. However, once again, my younger, not even age-based, my inexperienced mindset, you know what I'm saying, um, made it so that I took a lot of that personally. And I continued all the way up until maybe COVID. <laughs> COVID actually was when I had, I had like, um, but um, that's jacked. And so Adam for Adam is specific, um, an app that I've traditionally, and I'd say traditionally meaning um, when I lived in Portland, Maine, briefly, I used it. When I lived in Southern California, I used it. When I was in the DR, I used it. And this app is mostly where you find older white men, white American men, and um, they're wealthier. They tend to be established in their lives. They tend to be out of the closet or in the closet. Um, and it's actually, now that I'm in Cleveland, I actually see a lot of uh, black men on it as well, married black men. And it was where I actually met one of my first, my first and long time, long-term boyfriend, who was nine months. Um, he and I met on Adam for Adam. Um, he was very honest up front that he was married to a man and that his his husband knew and that, um, you know, he was looking for something more than sex and that he was pause and he was just very honest. And so um, actually I started dating him around my senior year of college. We dated for nine months, um, maybe a couple months after I graduated, like four. And then I ultimately broke up with him because I had moved to back to Chicago and Jacked became the number one app I was using just based on my location. Right. So there I saw more men who were college educated and young and black and um, but also hood. And it was just more of a diversity and experience and histories with these men. And so that app became the number one app I was using. And then um, pre-COVID, right, I'm out of mm-hmm. college. I'm in a more urban urban area. Um, I start to experiment my sexuality more, right? Because at 16, 17, 18, although I was an unaccompanied youth, I was a star student, you know what I'm saying? College bound, like most of the sexual escapades I was doing were one-on-ones. And it was just experimenting with anal or oral sex versus by the time I moved back to Chicago, girl. <laughs> fucking them love I was orgies and you know raw sex and then you start learning about BBRT which is a it's not an app it's like a site 
um, and there's, it's, I wish I had, I wish my like memory was not failing me right now, but it was a uh, back in the '90s when cell phones and things like that didn't exist. They had like the phone line, they had like the party line that they'd use, or they had like this gay app, this gay website that they would go to. And so BBRT is similar to that, and it's basically a site that um, is for men who are seeking out bareback sex, which means sex without a condom. And so I downloaded this app um, and it just showed me because on this app, you can like upload pictures of your nudity as your profile picture. Right. You can like set up you can set up like quick links, which means like for three hours, you'll have like your profile up with a little blurb that says what you're looking for and where you want to meet for those two hours. And as many guys as they want could show up. And so, yeah, <laughs> pre-COVID, pre-COVID was wild. <laughs> Previous to during college, I was really struggling with internalizing a lot of the experiences I had on these sites. And by that, I just mean like, you know, I met the guy I lost my virginity to, and he could tell me no wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I at that time, and still a little bit now, and we could talk more about that later, like, like it's an app, right? And I'm a sociologist by trade. So this is like my territory. Um, dating in the 21st century is different from, you know, I fancy you, you fancy me, you know, we see each other at work, we see each other at school, let's go on a date. You know, they might have a little fling on the side or something like that, but um, the 21st century has allowed it for that. Now you can, hey, what's up, sexy, and send it to over 50, 60, 100 people in what seconds? So I'm, exp I'm, I'm feeling as though these experiences I'm having, and so this is all, this is like, let's say January um, 2020, I'm feeling like, you know, he's hitting me up, he's interested in me, even though me myself, I'm going to orgies having sex with multiple men in a week, you know? But I'm still feeling as though these interactions mean more than just what they are. And that's just a copy and pasted comment for someone trying to look and get their rocks off. You know, even people who are telling you, right? Because at this time I download Hinge, which is another app that um, allows for you to, it's a little bit more, um, I'd argue, um, a little bit more of substance. Like you put blurbs, little, you answer questions along with pictures that have captions. And so a lot of, it's, it looks like a lot of more men like of my age group. Um, that's 20 to 25, maybe some 30 year olds um, who are college educated, who work professional jobs. And so I met a lot of young men in Chicago like that, who under, and the app is under the guise of dating, but we hooked up, you know, and nothing really happened after. Um, and so I would like take a lot of this personally. I'd, I'd ask myself, you know, what am I doing wrong? Am I undesirable? You know, all the while while paying $1,100 $1, for rent, um, all the while while kicking out a roommate who wasn't paying rent at the time, who, you know, was a really great, who is a really great friend of mine, um, all the while while struggling with racial indifference to my friends that I grew up with in high school, right? All the while while trying to navigate just these really dynamic personal situations. I'm asking myself why this 40 year old man didn't call me back after we had passionate sex for, you know, a day. Get over myself, you know what I'm saying? Um, so COVID expedited, COVID like enlarged that. So basically um, I was working as a, I was working a really cool job as a waiter and I was also working as a substitute teacher. So on March 15th, both those industries, um, Chicago Public Schools, Charter Schools, um, Board of Education, also the, um, statewide or even nationally i believe a bartenders association told said that restaurants are going to be closed the governor's closed all those jobs down so i was unemployed again with very expensive rent living alone um pretty isolated from my family um, who was not frequent frequenting very well was i didn't contact my friends and so i was just fucking honest to god i was fucking like five six dudes a day <laughs> and it was um it was consensual i let them know what was happening they all they, they all were with it um and they were different men and it was really draining it was really draining because what i was trying to do was i was trying to get feelings of the feelings that 
I associated with sex, right? That I so closely associated with being in a relationship because, you know, that's what being gay is, right? Um, for me, um, with these sexual interactions, and they just drained me. Oh my god, they drained me. They drained me horribly. It was, it was just a lot. It, while it was pleasurable to have um, human connection, um, especially amidst you know, being in quarantine. Um, it was also super dangerous. Let's all talk about that, <laughs> right? Like there's there's a pandemic and I'm inviting strange men who are like, in who are highly at risk over to have sex with, um, unprotected sex with. And um, on top of that too, I'm still also emotionally investing myself into strangers because that's what they are, completely are strangers, right? Um, but it was the same, same thing, right? With the apps, same interactions. Um, I guess to be a little bit more specific, I remember, um, a guy from Florida. So I had it was a white it was a white guy, mind you, having gone back to the city had made it so that um, I l really didn't talk to white guys anymore. I like I just didn't see <laughs> the purpose. Um, and so there was this white guy who lived next to me who had been constantly hitting me up on Adam for Adam and Grinder. And um, I finally um, decided to go hang out with him. And um, there's this beautiful man there, like six, this is like, maybe like, this is when COVID's like crazy. Like, no what everybody's off work at this point. There's like a 24 hour news cycle. And I go into um, his house, he's like, right, I'm on like 31st in Halstead, he's on like 35th in Halstead. And I go down to his basement and there are like three dudes there. One dude looks like he's visibly on drugs, black black dude, another dude's another black dude, light skin, like six foot three. Oh, just gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous. Like femme, but like, like very, it's very um, fluid, I guess I should say his gender expression was, and it really tr attracted me. He also just like, was clearly into me, which is kind of like withdrawn. And so I'm talking very social, laughing with them. Um, a lot of men, when they meet me are um, like, I'm still I'm still learning this. They're, they're kind of at odds with how I speak and how I carry myself um, because, you know, I have, I have braids, I have, um, right now I have braids, like, um, Oh my God, what are my braids called? Knotless braids down to my back, which is a very thin look. I'm wearing a skirt, but I have a beard. <laughs> I'm wearing like a skirt right now too with a, a Bone Thugs and Harmony sweater and I have a beard, right? And I talk like fucking Cornell West. And so people um, are kind of at odds with me, especially in situations where they're, they're doing meth, you know what I'm saying? They're doing hardcore drugs that are on the gay scene and um, drinking, smoking. Um, and he and I, after kind of just deciding that we weren't interested in that um, setting, decided to go back to my apartment. I find out that he is um, come up from Florida, um, running from a trial that his, his mother murdered her father, and he needs to set, sit on stand for it. And he's running away from that trial. He's starting a life in Chicago. He's a drag queen. And I am just absolutely hit over heels. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is my quarantine lover. So he stays in my house for a week. Um, great kid. Um, and, you know, all the while I'm trying to explore sexuality with him, have threesomes, invite people over. He's looking for something a little bit more intimate, um, obviously trying to secure his bag, um, which I knew from the beginning too. Um, and by that, I mean, looking to make a profit off of me, if that, even if that meant like a place to stay, food to eat, things like that, because he was destitute and unable to find work because everything shut down. And so, um, at one point, um, we invite this man over, beautiful black man who's been hitting me up, very attracted to him. He's about 45, 46. And he, uh, we get to talking, we're all like shooting the shit. And he tells me he's a social worker. He volunteers for a housing, um, like a housing development where he places young um, needy quote unquote mothers into housing. And he starts saying that it's so annoying to see how animalistic black folks are. These black women with these blue hair look like monkeys like and they and they scare the white people and they they fight the white people and what the fuck is wrong with them and these animals i'm just jaw to the floor like 
what like you're a professional what you work for what and you do what and you speak about black people like how you know what i'm saying and and it was just a moment of pure disgust and just shame and in that moment i'm thinking to myself would i still have sex with this man <laughs> would i still fuck him and i you know and that's honestly been like the most memorable i didn't fuck him um he the guy i was with was jealous obviously and um or was uncomfortable or uncomfortable or whatever i feel like it was jealousy because even his politic wasn't that good but um that was the staple of my experience in chicago and it's bled over honestly into indiana and in cleveland um and it's been one that's marked by a lot of anti-blackness on these sites a lot of um, homophobia internalized homophobia um a lot of hate so um you know, I I think we can go into more of the details, but, you know, pre-COVID, it was a lot more, it seemed a lot, it seemed like I couldn't necessarily understand that or see those, um, see those very much. But um, since the virus, since the virus had like, like cut down interaction and I was getting too much, you know, of these, on these dating apps interactions, I was able to like start to peel back these layers um, and start to ask myself questions like, you know, what do I want, you know, and what are my boundaries and um, what's happening <laughs> and what, what the fuck is going on? Pre-COVID, I want to be like, I want to say it's something that I'm really adamant about now. And I want to say pre-COVID, I was adamant about it too, but it's anti-Blackness. Like I just cannot do it. And it was honestly from like white, white men, it's mostly um, sexualization, things like fetishizations and like different things of that nature um like you know black cock and you know like that fat black ass you want some of this white dick like i'm not into that no thanks white man um you know black men latino men it was like anti like deep rooted so on their profiles like this dude yesterday i saw like like you'll see like look mostly prefer latino lights like light skin they say light skin but latino light skin um, or a Middle Eastern man. No offense to like my, my my kind, but just my preference. I'm not fucking you. Like I'm not interested. If you message me, I'm not even gonna reply back because I'm a nigga. I'm a nigga, I'm a full-blooded nigga and I love niggas and I love niggas who love themselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, Cause it's really unattractive to me to, to date someone who hates himself. But on top of that too, um, for someone to feel the, the same way that you know, white supremacists feel comfortable in this current administration, this current atmosphere to express anti-black sentiments. That's what makes you feel comfortable expressing this as a preference, because it's not a preference. It's a it's an anti-black sentiment. Um, and so that would be my, honestly, that was it. <laughs> and if I was attracted to you or if I was, um, like I said, I like group sex, and I like group sex for the exploration of it. So if there's like a heavier set guy who I'm not normally into, who's really into me, I'll tell him, hey, I know a guy that like is into threesomes who likes heavier set guys and is into me. Like, do you guys want to like get together? You know what I'm saying? Because in that in that group sex situation for me, it's all about exploring and trying something new and and watching watching how you would react in these in un, un, uncomfortable situations. Um, another one would be, um, this was something that was really blowing my mind in Chicago and I talked to a really good friend about it who you should interview. He's very interesting as well. I was struggling with, cause you know, in the gay community we deal with top verse, verse top, verse bottom, bottom. And these are just labels for your sexual preferences that you are. And so I'm bottom and I'm comfortable telling you I'm a bottom. Like I love bottoming, you know, I, I top, I've been known to top men who I'm really comfortable with and who I'm dating or hanging out with on the regular. Um, 
And in Chicago, it blew my mind to see just how many people weren't, like I would see like no strict bottoms, no 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 expression of their preference, but they'd say no strict bottoms, um, only tops or verse tops. You're a bottom. And, but they put verse. And so I'm like, okay, so you're verse. So let me like, so, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna interact with you say no strict bottom, so I'm a strict bottom. But I see verse guys, I hit them up, I hit them up and they'd be like, oh, you just bottom, I'm not interested. Well, aren't you verse? Yeah, but like, I prefer to bottom. Well, why not just say you're a damn bottom then? And I started to realize it's because it's that anti, it's that homophobia, it's the anti-fem, um, that anti-fem rhetoric. When I say anti-fem, I mean, there's this hate and this, there's a pure, like, that's what you're going to see, Ram. If you, if you don't see race, racialized language on there, you're going to see anti, no fem, no fem, no fem, no fem. Homegirl got a whole motherfucking lipstick wig on talking about no fem. Okay, I get it. You identify as femme, so you don't want you. You feel like you want someone a little bit more dominant or a little bit more masculine to offset what you identify as femme. But couldn't you just express that desire for dominance and not anti-femme rhetoric? And so for me, that just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy because um, then you have you get into the nitty and gritty of it. And this is something I learned post COVID. I guess just stick to pre-COVID. So pre-COVID, those are the things in Chicago that I internalized and made me really uncomfortable. It made me. It would make me just like that you aren't attracted to me then i'm not gonna hit you up and nine times out of ten from me viewing that man's profile he would then hit me back hit me up and i tell him i'm femme i'm black and he'd say oh that's that's cool you're different no <laughs> no sweetie you're not coming to my house like not interested um however that doesn't mean that i didn't invite men who didn't have that on their profile and then later found out that they <laughs> were anti-black or anti-femme i had one guy who told me we were in the middle of sex he got up and told me i was enjoying sex too much and so it turned him off. He liked fucking guys who, you know, didn't take dick. And so I, I, I it was, Chicago was the craziest fuck. Chicago pre-COVID was the craziest shit I ever experienced in my life. So you want someone who is uncomfortable during sex? You're looking to like have someone that is, like it just, it just, yeah. So those are, for me, those are my, I set boundaries. Um, I let my boundaries be set. Like, or if someone came and I didn't like how they touched me, at its core, I'm a hoe. You know what I'm saying? Most most dudes who I'm talking to are coming over. Um, if I'm attracted to them, if I'm if I'm in that attraction, kind of deals more with, you know, how do, how do they hold conversation? Are they addressing me direct? Are they addressing me with what I deem as respectful? Um, are they clear about their intentions? Do they give me a face picture, uh, a, a penis picture? Mind you, I lived alone, and so that was really unsafe, um, knowing what could have happened. Looking back on it. Um, however, um, that's something as a man I tend to not think about, um, just based on my privileges um, and, and my privilege, privilege and experience. Um, and most of the time, men who did come over, they themselves were nervous about what they were walking into. It was a little, it was little to no vetting. If it was, it was mostly linguistic vetting for me or personality vetting for me. In COVID, it just got worse. So mind you, I moved. I left Chicago. I went to Indiana. So I'm in a more rural space, um, but it's still a large Black population. So it changed because living in my mom's place, I just got like cabin fever and I just wanted to get out. And so I started doing a lot of like high risk sex. And so this is going to hotels, going to motels, going to parties, going to guys' houses. Um, and the vetting became a lot less rigorous because drugs are involved and a lot of drinking was involved. And so I was having a lot of sex with a lot of people. Um, but it was also more bottoms there, so everybody's kind of having sex. Um, however, I still heard heard that same rhetoric, but just out loud, you know, would be I would be told, oh, well, you do femme stuff, like you have the braids and like, you know, you wear stuff like that, but you're not femme, you know, you're not really femme. I get that a lot, meaning that that's why I was attractive. Um, I was also so a lot of the vetting. A lot of the vetting for me is like a, I guess a dialectic, right? Like can we is there chemistry that's what I always tell people if there's not chemistry then there's no point you know we can i don't mind exchanging my, my naked pictures with you i don't mind talking with you on this app i don't mind 
like becoming your friend, but if there's not chemistry for sex, then, you know, there's nothing there for me. And so the process also started to change because once I left Chicago, it was easier to kind of see how my sexual relationships, my romantic relationships, my friendship-based relationships, my familial relationships all had a similar um, thread. And that was a thread of, um, I felt as though I wasn't receiving the same types of respect and um, care and um, decency that I was giving out to others. And, and so that made it easier for me to honestly um, vet people. Because for example, being at my mom's family um, in Indiana showed me that I was severely lacking familial ties from my dad's side of the family, right? And so horrible thing to say, but I told them, you know, like I have a whole, I have, I have more family. You know what I'm saying? I, if you don't want to be an uncle, if you don't want to be a father, if you don't want to be an aunt, like I can find someone who will. And I looked at these apps and I was like, well, why the hell are you then taking this 45 year old social workers? You know, there are millions of social workers in the world, if billions and then billions of men in the world. And so I started to really just honestly, horribly enough, lean into the express sex, you know, in Spanish hookups is sexual expresso, like le lean into that, you know, lean into what that actually meant. And that is what one man won't do, another man will. And so I've been happy as hell ever since. <laughs> I like the vetting process for me now is, am I in the mood? Did you piss me off? I, you asked me to unlock my pictures and you haven't unlocked a picture on Adam for Adam. That's how it works. You unlock blank once you to unlock your pictures. You haven't given me a hello. You haven't unlocked your pictures. I'll just I'll just literally ignore you because rather than blocking like I used to in Chicago because it would piss me off to see your face. It I actually is interested. You know, um, I started to sort of like another thing that would happen to me is are um, a lot of gay men I realized were um, uncomfortable with identifying themselves with being bottoms. So um, they just won't have any sexual preference. And so I'll contact them and they won't contact me back. I take that personally back during, before COVID. Um, since COVID happened, um, it just helped me realize. And it's honest, honestly, it's that move. It's, it's getting out of one space and being put into another space and just seeing how the environment may change, but the behaviors are the same, right? And that's why I brought in my family and brought in those, those relationships. It made it so that I, like, I realized from, and that was honestly from, um, once again, dating during quarantine, um, going to these sexual parties that were happening in Indiana, there being multiple bottoms, there being multiple tops. We're all on the dating apps looking for other people to come slide at the party. I'm trying to understand like how I even gained such insight. I think it was because I broke quarantine. <laughs> I, I used the free time during quarantine to like, yes, I was introspective um, with my family. That's where the most of the introspection was happening. I was able to be introspective with like my dating pool in Indiana which was both surprising because of the amount of um, black young men who were sexually like very sexually free with their activities um, and honest but disappointing because i was still seeing some of the same rhetoric that was a clear boundary for me like anti-black um, anti-femme rhetoric and on top of that too access to better health care so um, when i did con contract an sti in indiana i was able to receive care for free and immediately um, testing, I get tested twice a month because of my high at-risk sexual behavior. And so, and I'm also on PrEP. And so um, to most of the difficulty, I think in shame and the ignorant, comes from the ignorance in that community, in the gay community and on these, on these apps, right? Because you have men who culturally don't identify as gay, but have sex with men, right? And so um, to be in Indiana and to have access to adequate healthcare made it so that my behaviors weren't I, would, I didn't have personal shame, but then on top of that too, I was able to um, really understand what was happening around me and develop for the first time actually friends, 
friends who were gay black men who I weren't wasn't having sex with. Dating during COVID taught me and just like general kind of growing up has taught me that I have to let go of that. And that's like, you're completely right. Like there is no goal. I used to have a goal. My goal was to meet someone who tickled my fancy and I had a certain aspects of somebody who I was looking for, right? Based on my own um, preferences at the time. Um, and my favorite thing about being a human is being surprised. My favorite thing about being a social researcher is being surprised. So when I met people who were super femme, right? Who I don't intrinsically go meet. I also don't, I don't intrinsically meet. I don't, I don't, I don't base my preferences off of things like that. So it's hard to use these websites with a goal. If everybody's goal is to find a DL thug nigga, you know what I'm saying, on Jacked, and my goal is to just like, I guess, have fun or meet a cool guy. It's like hard to, it's hard to find the language to communicate that on an app, on, on my profile and in conversation on this app to them, to help them, to help me complete that goal. Cause I'm all about learning the language of the community I'm living in, right? And so, and so the goal right now is, um, there is no goal. The goal right now is to not spend, you know, all night on the app looking for somebody to hook up with. You know, the goal, the goal is to, you know, if someone makes me feel uncomfortable to draw a boundary, you know, that's the goal. Yeah. Be safe. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm all about anti-patronizing I'm not going to tell people to not do it because they're going to do it. Listen to podcasts. There's an awesome podcast called, um, uh, African, it's an African and queer podcast. Damn it. They're missing me right now, but they have a whole segment on grinder in Africa and how it's been the site of many atrocities, sexual violence, sexual assault, um, a lot of fucking violence. And I imagine the same thing in the DR, excuse me, not, not to point out the DR, sorry, DR, but in Latin America and the Caribbean and in these countries where gay rights are already super slim, right? How do we deal with the transnational company creating an access point for gay folks to and queer folks to meet and things like that? So being in Cleveland, um, for example, my new rule is I don't let men come to my apartment if I haven't met them in public yet because I live in a community where um, I don't want to be put in harm's way and I don't want anybody in my community to be put in harm's way. And on top of that, too, um, you can you can clearly see my wealth status or assume of what my wealth status is based on where I live. So I have to be a lot more secure. And that's based on experiences I've already had here, right? Um, and experiences that I'm doing research, figuring out, you know, there's been multiple young men who have been gang raped and assaulted um, and left to die in this city uh, using these apps um, because people are intentionally seeking to hurt them. Um, and so, you know, we listen to me and being in Chicago inviting probably 40 men to my place in over a week during COVID alone with nobody to know, you know what I'm saying? Um, these are definitely not things that I am at all endorsing. I'm just saying that they happen. It's the reality and there are people doing it. My way to keep safe in all of this, um, my basic way to keep safe is you know where I'm at. Like my mama knew where I was at. And like, she could clearly see my location on iPhones all the time. I'll keep my phone on me at all times. If I'm in a group sex situation, my phone is in my purse. Um, my wallet's in the car, my, my purse and everything is tucked underneath the bed, you're right? So I can always keep an eye on anybody who's coming near it. You know what I'm saying? Because God forbid something happened to me, I want to be found. You know what I'm saying? The older I'm getting, since starting this new job in Cleveland, I definitely see a, see this new sense of like, I have more to lose. And so I'm a lot more cautious of my life. And so I definitely am not gonna be going to East Cleveland anytime soon, or you know what I'm saying? Or even fucking Ohio City, not even to racialize like safety. Uh, I'm not gonna go to anybody's home who I do not know. If you don't send me a picture, I'm not meeting up with you. Six months ago, a year ago, I was in exploratory mode and I was internalizing a lot and under like understanding whereas now, you know, I'm looking for, um, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in a partner. I do think finding a partner would be cool, but I'm also interested in three boyfriends. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm very, Meg Megan Thee Stallion was definitely who I listened to a lot to help 
process a lot of this as well i recommend captain hook you know what I'm saying? As a Bible to live by. When it comes to dating um, men in general, I think that, you know, we live in a patriarchal society and even as a man, I have to be cautious of the ways in which, you know, I'm I'm being taken advantage of or even letting myself take less than because I'm so eager for a, a fairy tale story that I've been sold or indoctrinated into. I think that's how you keep safe. Find, find the things that keep you safe while also having fun because the reality of it is like, we are gay men and this is how sexuality has been constructed for us in this country and in this time period. So I think, you know, it's never, it doesn't make sense to tell people not to just do it. It just makes sense to find ways to do it right. And then to also ask, you know, I'm, I'm making the decision, I made the decision, I'm still making the decision to meet people during COVID. Is that something that you can afford, you know? And not only financially, but, you know, mentally, you know, physically, emotionally, um, yeah. Welcome back. We have Chelly and Cynthia with us here today discussing online dating during COVID. Thank you once again, girls, for joining us today. What is it, Chelly, that you're like, mm, okay. It's hard because you kind of, I, I feel like such a, I, I feel a little bad about it at times because you have to be a little bit superficial, mm-hmm. I think. I find myself, you know, just basing it off of looks, but then I'm like, okay, no. Um, like Tinder, it's, I feel like it's mostly just looks, but with Hinge and some other apps, you know, if, if I think the person is, you know, has potential, I'll read into their, um, their bios and learn a little bit more. And that's how I kind of, I decide. Cynthia, what is it that attracted you to remain now? Why did you decide to swipe right? Yeah. So, um, I definitely knew like Tinder was not for me. So I went on Hinge. I just, I liked it because, you know, you see their pictures and they have to upload more than one picture. Like they have to put like at least, I think, four or five pictures and also pick three questions to respond to, three prompts. So my boyfriend, I liked one of his responses to his prompts, which was like, he basically like answered something like that. He balances going to grad school full-time and working full-time and also that he writes about like his Latinx experience through poetry and I was like okay okay I was like like, okay I like this one I was like I like him I was like he's super cute in his pictures and I like his responses so I was like yes finally a good one you both seem like you are attracted to an intellectual type well I can tell you my number one question that I hate when somebody would ask online Tell me about yourself. I hate the question, tell me, or like just the phrase, tell me about yourself. I'm like, be specific. Like, what are you supposed to say when somebody says, tell me about yourself? So that's like a turn off for me. I'm like, okay, when somebody says, I'm like, end conversation. Um, so for me, when, when I started online dating recently was because I had more time, you know, because of the pandemic. I was talking at one point to like eight people at once, which gets a little <laughs> overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could call it like my virtual hoe phase, right? Because I mean, you can't really see them in person. But it was, it was the way that I streamlined was if they were having very superficial conversations. So they were just asking me how I am or how is Rona treating me? I'm like, no, this is not good enough for me. But um, if people were asking me like, you know, thoughtful questions or, you know, something that would engage me, then I would, you know, do the same. Um, so I usually would ask people just because I feel like this was a good way, I don't know, to see what people would answer uh, to the question is uh, what, who, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? 
And I got some very interesting questions from that. And then if the person was worth, you know, continuing the conversation, they would ask me something um, thought provoking or I don't know, that's kind of how it started. Um, I actually have a really good example. One guy actually asked me, what are my goals and dreams? And that was like the second question I got from him. And yeah, that's kind of what led to a full-on conversation. And we actually ended up dating for a little bit. How do you evaluate uh, if it's if it's worth the risk during Corona to meet the guy? That's the thing, right? Um, I wasn't about to risk myself or my family just for any random person. So when I noticed, you know, there was a few people that I could have good conversations with. I think I was down to like three people. And then once I noticed myself engaging more with one specific individual, I kind of dropped the other contestants. <laughs> uh, it's like Hunger Games over here. Yeah, yeah no, it's, like a, it's like the Bachelorette right yeah. here, so virtually. Uh, yeah, no, I it, our conversations um, were no longer texting. I, we moved to phone calls. And I feel like that's the best way. You know, you can kind of see if you have chemistry mm -hmm. and then from phone calls we went to video calls uh so that was kind of my process and then after that I'm like okay he's real right um <laughs> we have a good connection then we set up a date after that so they have to go through a lot of steps for me to finally be like okay you're worthy and the risk right of meeting someone during this pandemic and these are a list of questions that we found um through an article uh it's called How J Dating During Coronavirus, How the Pandemic Has Affected Dating by Layla Rocker. She uh, has these four questions to ask when you're considering to meet the, the person that you're interested in, uh, interested in. It's one, what's your COVID-19 status? Have you been tested? What have you been doing the past 14 days? Like if they had traveled, if they've been at a party, underground party, which are happening by the way, uh, do you wear a mask? That will be able to tell you their stand on coronavirus. Have you dated? When was the last date? And are you still dating? Um, because if they're dating, you know, if they are meeting multiple people, um, you're exposing yourself. Do you have you guys asked any of these questions before meeting up? Well, I just have like a different experience in that like, I was just starting a relationship like right, right when Corona like really hit like we were just together for like three months so it was just hard like and we don't live in the same household either so how to continue you know going on dates or like hanging out when there's that fear of like we don't live in the same household are we risking uh are risking our families way too much by seeing each other when we do and making sure that we are taking all the necessary precautions uh, when we do leave our households, like social distancing and wearing a mask. So I don't know. That's just my experience of, I don't know, starting a relationship mm -hmm. right when Corona hit. Yeah. And an article in the Insider, how to date, have sex and fall in love during the corona pande coronavirus pandemic by Canela Lopez and Julia Neftaline. Uh They offer these alternatives because you can't meet us as, as soon as we used to. Phone sex. FaceTime dates. Um, they encourage be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls. Interesting. Wear a mask during sex and no orgies. Right now it's a lonely time. 
you we need physical touch so how are we satisfying that how can we be safe during this pandemic and still be able to satisfy our sexual needs our physical intimacy so we know that we've only seen like we keep our interactions with others very limited and we only go between each other's households and the phone <laughs> the what <laughs> she said the phone so is coming phone. in handy definitely Snapchat too. And the reason I ask is because we don't know how long Corona is going to last. And are we not going to have sex for nine months? Like, what's up? I mean, there's self love. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is, be real. definitely, there is definitely yeah, self love. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's self love. I mean, it's just hard. I, I think it'd be very different if I had a, you know, a consistent partner, if I was dating someone in a relationship with someone, I wouldn't be as nervous about having, you know, physical contact with them. But right now, I'm personally not willing to risk it unless I know it's going to go somewhere. Um, Just because there's too many things to think about and too many things at risk. I mean, I live with my, my family, my parents, and I'm not trying to put them at risk. So if I do find someone right worth it, then I'm sure we would figure it out. But right now, it's just a lot of self-love. I guess like the main difference right now with, with dating is that you're kind of forced, people are being forced to have com- real conversations right before a meeting versus in the past, like short Latina mentioned, she'd meet people right away. Mm-hmm. Now you kind of have, I mean, and it's been helpful, right? Because I'm a type of person who, I want someone who's going to, you know, challenge me. And if our conversations are not challenging me through text or through phone call or video call, then it's not even worth my time. So it kind of helps my streamline process, to be honest, because then I'm not wasting my time. Like I know pretty, I think, um, soon in the beginning, if someone's not asking the right questions, then I'm not going to waste my time. So I think that's like the one difference is that it's helped me avoid meeting people that are it's just not gonna work Mm -hmm. how about you Cynthia I feel like being in a like an early relationship and like being together during COVID actually brought us together quicker than maybe before before COVID we would really only see each other once a week because of our work schedules and um, my boyfriend's school schedule we would go on a date every Friday night so, but we would talk every day, but uh, this has actually allowed us to get to know each other and our families quicker than I feel like would have happened before. And I don't know, build like a comfort level that I feel like would have taken a little bit longer to establish post quarantine. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of the book Ready Player One. Have you guys heard of that book? Ready Player One is a science fiction book by Ernest Cline. I read it. It is a great, fun book uh, full of nostalgia, 80s nostalgia and 90s nostalgia. And in this book, they talk about how two people fall in love through their aliases. So you know how you have an avatar, you create your little monito and, you know, and you dress yes. it up, you buy it clothes, you change its hair, and you basically create a persona what you want it to be. And so this book, it reminds me, these times remind me of that book a lot because these two characters fell in love without actually meeting each other physically. 
and they form a bond and a relationship online. And it's it looks like we that's what we're moving towards. For those gamers out there, you're creating your avatar and it's through Minecraft and you're meeting people. And that's something that was always going on. But now it is more acceptable. It's it's more common. People are meeting meeting through computer games. What do you guys think about that? I think it's just so interesting. And I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like you already have that similar interest, right? Of like whatever whatever platform you through gaming. So you know, you can already establish, okay, we have something in common. Um, so I think that's actually like really interesting and it kind of makes sense to me that somebody would, you know, that people could be dating through like a gaming platform. It is definitely an appeal. You're able to connect with a whole entire community across the world. And this is something that actually applications have uh, deleted, deleted their location restrictions where you're able to talk to people all across the, the globe. They're, usually it's by zip code, right? But now that limit has been taken away. And that's something that people that game have been doing all along. People have been meeting and uh, creating communities online. And the reason I touch on this, it's because right now we're adapting to a new world. Okay, how long, ha Cynthia, how long have you been together with your boyfriend? Yeah, it's been six months. So three months without COVID, three months with COVID. It, it was the first, the first guy that I agreed to meet with um, because I had to had other conversations before, but always in the back. Oh my gosh, what if all those Rosa de Guadalupe episodes were right, and I'm about to get kidnapped and. <laughs> Um, or catfished or I don't know what so he was the first one that I was like you know what I'm gonna just rip off the band-aid it's gonna be fine I'm gonna go meet him and it's gonna be great and so you have a, a pretty optimistic um, and positive experience through online dating um, and Shelly it seems like you don't have like the most positive am I right yeah, you're correct. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, not all, all of us can be as lucky as Cynthia and meet them, you know, and the, the first one for that to be our, our future partners. But I've, I've learned a lot of lessons, even though it hasn't been the best experience. But I mean, it hasn't been that awful either. It's more like I've, I've met certain people and, you know, some are or do pique my interest, others don't. I guess it's just made me a little more selective. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it's- it's been, it's, been, yeah. it's been a trial and error for you, right, Chelly? Yes, most <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm on a break right now. So I was online dating for quite some time and I'm just recharging now. I most likely will start again next month. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, it's sometimes, um, as Shore Latina had mentioned earlier, you know, it can take a toll on you, um, emotional toll on you when you find someone that, you know, you do believe it's going to lead somewhere. And then if that doesn't work, you kind of have to, you know, recharge and you kind of have to start over. And that can take a lot of time and energy to get to that place again. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm pretty good. I feel good right now. I've cut people out of my life that I no longer <laughs> talk to because of the apps. But 
I mean, I'm still very optimistic. So I'm not trying to discourage anyone not to date. I think that online dating has given me so much perspective. And I've learned so much more of like what I do like in a partner. So in that way, it has been a very positive experience. What were you to close and to end? Just what would you tell anyone that's online dating right now? I would say, you know, it's not easy, but it's the new, this is, this is the new reality. And there's no shame in online dating. There's no like, you should just go for it. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty cool people. Yes, I agree 100% with Cynthia. Um, even though, like I said, haven't had the most positive experience, I still encourage everyone to give it a shot. It just teaches you so much about yourself and what you look for, right, in a partner. And you never know. There's just so many awesome people out there, so many fishes, you know, in the sea. You never know. You might meet someone that will pique your interest or could be your future partner. So don't give up. I know it's hard and challenging, especially right now. But I don't know. You never know. Thank you guys for joining us. Online dating, what can I say? It's a hit or miss. Um, but definitely before COVID, I would say that um, I feel like now now that we ha- we're still like quarantining some, and we're also still trying to social distance, like guys are actually having to put the effort to get to know girls and talk to them and get to really know who they are. Versus before, it was like, okay, let's just meet. Now it's like, okay, no, let's talk more. Let's get to know each other a little better. I went on a date with a pretty nice guy. Um, we were in Urban Park, and we were both wearing our mask. So there's, like, no hugs, of course. We did, like, the elbow-to-elbow kind of greeting, um, just to make sure, you know. Um, but even, like, finding places to eat or going places, it has been a little challenging just right now with COVID. So that's, like, just dating has been a little challenging in that area. But um, definitely wearing your masks when you're out in public. Social distancing has been... But I've noticed in this state, it was, um, we had a table outside in the patio um, with all the requirements needed, you know. um, But yeah, it it was, we still tried to communicate via our mask and stuff, but um, it was interesting to say the least. I met him on Bumble and he was messaging me back and forth. And um, at first I wasn't interesting because he's he's not my type. I usually have a type and I'm not going to lie, like my men who are tall and like muscular and like, I don't really go for skinny guys, I'm being honest, I'm a chubby chaser. So, <laughs> um, it was, he was just very persistent, and um, there was one night where he, he had, like, tried to arrange making dates update prior, and I was just kind of, like, gave him the round around, like, oh, I'm busy, I can't, you know, or, like, you know, we should still social distance, and, but it had been, like, I think almost a month, and he had still been, has been going back and forth, trying to message me, and um, I just said, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give this guy a chance, um, so we went, out, we went out to dinner at this brewery in Urban Park. And um, like I said, when we had met, uh, we were wearing masks, elbow to elbow. Um, then he asked to go, like, the date was great. Uh, he asked to go on a second date. And I was like, this guy, has he's really smart. He's intelligent. Uh, that's what really attracted me about him. He, um, he, he's the, he works in the same field I work in as well. Um, and he's also right now working his master's in public administration. So he has a lot of insight. And that's what I think really attracted me about him. Like how he's really funny, intelligent, and a heart to like work in the nonprofit sector. So um, 
we scheduled a second date, but this time he had asked that I go to his house. Um, so I was a little skeptical because I'm like, okay, like, is he like trying to like, I felt like it was just like, is he trying to like hook up? Is this like usually, <laughs> but I know with everything right now with COVID, a lot of people are also preferring to meet at homes versus being out in public. So I understood that part. Um, yeah, so we had a date. We had we had some wine. We were talking. Um, he was trying to get a little touchy. Like, he's like, sit next to me. So I sat next to him. I was being polite. But then he tried to get a little touchy. I'm like, you know what? This isn't gonna... I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not looking for a hookup right now. And I, I just made that clear for him because especially with COVID, you don't want to just be <laughs> sleeping with everyone and their mom. My parents had a point where they're like, oh, like, you know, your time, your time clock is ticking, you know, and, you know, being Latina, like your parents are just trying to set you up with everyone at this point. I mean, like my mom goes to the bank and she's like trying to set me up with a banker. Um, she had like some painter guy. She's like, oh, I have a daughter who's single. And like, mom, like, relax. Like, I still got time. Like, there's no rush, you know, especially the Latina. Like, you definitely, your parents are concerned that you're not going to get married. And my parents are not open to it. They, I, I've shared some stories. Um, I've also shared a story. There was, a, there was a date that I went on and I could not. Oh, man. I went out with this uh, guy and I just felt like I had to kind of educate him. A little bit on what being a Latina was because in our first date he had mentioned oh you don't have any kids because you know most Latina girls already have kids you know by by your age I have like three kids and I'm like I, I, I was a little insulted and I had to tell him like no like that all Latinas are young moms or you know um, having kids you know at a really young age some women are also educated you know or they're working or hustling so I just kind of like tell them to cool off a little bit. My parents are open to online dating now, I guess. Um, at first they weren't, they were really weirded out by it. But I think they're, as time progresses and they see that I'm getting a little older, they're like, you know, like that's 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 reasonable as long as you know, you're safe. I've had dates where I've, I felt like maybe not so safe. So I'm like, hey, can I see your ID? Just to make sure that we're being safe and I show them my ID and like, just so we know that we're both being safe with each other. Uh, I had been, I would say like five, five dates. Mm -hmm. COVID. I just have to get to know them a little bit more before I even decide to go on a date because um, I had an experience with someone was a sexual offender. They were in the registered sexual offender list. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I had been like talking. I'm like, this guy is so great. You know, I was, it was the time I was working downtown in the city and um, we were just, I guess we matched because um, we were close by, but I didn't know who, I guess he was on the train too. So we just started talking and he said, hey, I think, and then we just communicated like, oh my goodness, I work in the city because I work, I go over there too. So we, we started communicating, amazing guy. Like he was, what I mean, like when I started talking to him, he was all about like restorative justice and like um, equal rights for people of color. And I just was like, wow, this guy's like super cool. Like, let's talk. So the more I started talking to him, like the more he started opening up, um, he ends up telling me that he uh, went to jail. So then um, when he told me he went to jail, I'm like, oh, like, I'm, I was assuming, because he's he was like probably 32, 32, 33. I was assuming that he went to jail probably like when he was younger for, I don't know, robbery or drugs, or I didn't think much of it. And so I said, I, I didn't want to be rude and just asking my daughter, like, what did you go to jail for? So I just kind of gave it time. We started communicating more. And um, I'm really passionate about like, uh, working with survivors and victims of uh, sexual abuse. 
So I started kind of telling him my passion. And then he opened up to me and said, you know, I, I can't continue talking to you and like not let you know where I'm coming from, you know? I just, for me, being such a huge advocate for survivors, it was a very, it was really uncomfortable for me. So um, the more I talked to, I, I talked to him, I told him like, hey, like, this is my concern. Like, and I asked him like, what is consent? Like, like I had to have a whole conversation with him, like, what is consent to you? Like, do you know what consent is? I'm like, just because someone stays quiet doesn't mean they're consenting to have sex with you. He had also just, well, he, he was on a, he was on an ankle monitor. After that, I make sure that I like, I know the guy's name, you know, if I had to do like a little background check, a little digging, I, I have to because you'd be surprised to find out like, or some people are married or they have kids. That's another thing that's happened. I've met men who are, who give me their number and I'm able to find out who they are and I end up finding out they're married and have kids, but they're living like a double life. So that is one of the disadvantages of online dating. You don't really know who you're talking. That's why it takes time. Get Try to talk to someone a little bit more, get to know them more before you just jumping right in and go on a date with someone. Being Latina, I just feel like when you're first match, it's just like, hola mamacita, or like, ooh, you're, you must be super spicy. Or I love like, man, the messages that I got, the the messages that I got online dating, are, they're just hilarious. Or people just assume like, oh, I love Mexican food. Or they just assume like, they just start saying things trying to grab my attention. But there, I do feel that there are people who like have a fetish for Latina women and um, they try to speak Spanish to us, but it's like, oh man, stop speaking Spanish. Sounds horrible. Like, <laughs> but it, it is. that's one of the other things we are fetishized. You also ask the person, hey, have you been like, are you going out? Are you partying? Are you drinking? Are you messing with other people? Like you definitely need to know that stuff because if they are like, you're also putting yourself at risk to, um, you're putting your first of all you're putting yourself at risk and your family and friends as well so you definitely want to make sure that whoever you decide to on a date with you kind of get a little history like hey are you going out like are you what precautions are you taking during this covid um are you wearing a mask are you not wearing a mask um just kind of get a get a vibe of what they're doing just so you're safe as well i've been doing what i have been doing is like the side hugs like i I'm trying to, do, I do side hugs, side hugs right now. Um, but I was dating this, we'll call him Mailman, Mr. Mailman. So me and Mr. Mailman were seeing each other like last summer. We were dating about, I was like about three months. We were, he seemed really nice, but he would always come out this way because he lives pretty far. So um, he lives like in Lombard and that's, that's like a drive and I live in Waukegan, so that's huge. So um, he would always come out here, like we'd go out to eat, you know, or would go for like, would go to the beach, would just, we would do things out here. So I remember that me and him had stopped talking because I was like, hey, like you come out here, like let me come out your way. And he had gotten like, he's like, oh no, no. He's like, I'll just come out your way. But I thought that was weird. I'm like, what is he hiding? I'm like, why doesn't he want me to come like out there or, or come to his place? Like, what is he really hiding? I'm like, is he married? Does he have kids? I'm thinking the worst, you know, at this point I'm like, he only sees me like on Saturdays. I'm like, this is weird and fishy. Like, it's like, sad. I just, I was just thinking the worst. So um, I stopped talking to him because I'm like, I am not going to put myself in a situation where maybe I'm, I'm seeing someone who could maybe be married or something. So we stopped talking and about before COVID hit, I would say like back in March, um, he had called me and just to check in how I was doing. And he said that he, he missed me and whatnot. He would just like to see me. 
So I decided to, um, we decided to go out and stuff in, in Lombard area. And then he's like, hey, do you want to come over? And I'm like, I'm like, finally, I can see what's going on. When I walk into that home, oh my goodness. I didn't even want to take off my shoes. I just wanted to hold my purse and just like keep it so close to me because I kid you not, that carpet had probably not been like vacuumed in maybe like five or six years since he's moved there. It was so dirty. It was like, you you thought you were seeing like an episode of Hoarders. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is why he didn't probably want, want me over because it's his house like like a scene from Hoarders. I think that maybe I should like take some time. I'm, I'm still undecided. It's just like, it's been, it's, it just takes a lot of time. <laughs> an effort you know um I feel like I can invest t- my time in other things just you know because I'm really busy um but right now like I'm still undecided like unlike dating can be fun but like I said I, I must advise everyone to though like stay away from plenty of fish I need it if you want like some like murderer some criminal be plenty of fish if you want a tinder tinder's like more like your edu- like your fun edgy guys like tinder is fun um and then Bumble is like more like for guys who are serious and want something long term. Um, I prefer Bumble a little better. Um, people who are, it's just completely different. The, the men on Bumble are completely different than the men on Plenty of Fish. That's all I have to say. We want to thank Madera Once for allowing us to use their beautiful music. You can find their new EP, Amado, on Apple Music or Spotify. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us on our next Nerdy Latinas podcast. Short Latinas, like, I want some boba. T- I want some boba. <laughs> <laughs>